0: Bismillahir Ramadan Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Wa Salatu wa Salaam wa Allah Asherafilam Bi'ib al Mursaleen. Muhammadu Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, Taslim wa kathir wa kathira. Pamabadu, my brothers and sisters, sometimes I think that if I was asked to pay for Islam, right, how much would you pay to be a Muslim? How much will you pay for month? What would I say? And that's a question to ask ourselves seriously. I mean, it's easy to say, oh, everything. What's the meaning of everything? I, I, am I prepared to stand naked on the street with everything given away? Okay, naked is maybe, maybe just one, you know, my one shirt and a, a, a pant. That's it. Khalas, huh? Am I, am I prepared for that? No. Now, that is the question to ask. And the reason I'm asking this question is not because it is a hypothetical question. This is what the Sahaba actually did. They actually paid a price. So let me, tell you a, let me tell you a little story. The story is that there was this little boy. His father was one of the chieftains, small chieftains in Yemen. And uh, they owed allegiance to the Persian Empire. And this little boy one day, his mother took him to meet her family to a village on the seaside. In the night, the Romans raided and the Romans ruled the seas in their triremes and biremes. And they raided and they captured slaves. One of them was this boy. Now, what happened to his mother, we don't know. But this little boy, who was about five years old, he got captured by the Romans and... Taken away and he was sold as a slave. Mercifully, he whoever bought him was a kind person, so this boy got a reasonable, decent life. He got educated. He was a very highly intelligent boy, so he learned various trades. Um, Obviously, he could speak Latin because that was the language of the Romans. He spoke Latin and he became very good at business. He used to trade and do business. Eventually from there, we don't know exactly how, but he found himself in Makkah and he was owned by somebody in Makkah, by one of the Quraysh in Makkah. So when he came to Makkah again, he came as a slave. So he was a, he was a slave. So when he came to Makkah, they, they called him the Roman, Rumi. suhaib was his name, Sohaib or Rumi. They called him Rumi because he used to speak Arabic with a Latin accent. He was an Arab, he was from Yemen, but because he learnt you know, Latin, and he grew up in that atmosphere of the Romans. He used to speak Latin with a, he used to speak uh, Arabic with a Latin accent. So the Quraysh used to call him a Rumi. He is a Roman. He is not a Roman, but so in his uh, master, his owner in Makkah, he told him, he said, "Look, there is no point in making me dig holes or whatever it is, right? Because I am an educated person. I am a good businessman. So there is no point in you treating me like any other slave." Give me some capital, seed capital, I will start a business and we will share in the profit. So you get a major part of the profit, and I get a smaller part of the profit. You also make money, I also get some money. So the owner said, this is a good idea, let's do that. So he's getting free money. I mean, the, so Radhalana is doing all the work, this guy is getting money for free, no problem. Now in the process, he was very good at business, so even though he would have got a smaller share of the profit, he himself, he made a considerable amount of money. He became quite wealthy. Now when he was with the Romans, part of Rome, Rome was a very, very highly militarized society. Completely militarized society. So every male in Rome had to learn to fight. So he, Soheba Rumi, learned sword work, he sword play, he learned archery, all kinds of stuff. Anyhow. Now in Makkah, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam started preaching Islam and Soheba Rumi he accepted Islam. His owner got wind of that and he kept a very close watch on him. Then Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam went off to Medina, migrated to Medina. So now the owner literally put a day and night guard on Soeba Rumi because he knew that this man will also go to Medina and he can't afford to lose him because this guy is my meal ticket. He makes money for me. I can't let him go. So he had a guard on him. But Soeba Rumi Radhalanu, you know, smart man, young man, he gave them the slip once and he ran. But very quickly they discovered so they chased him. So now they're going through the desert, 450 miles of desert, kilometers of the desert, and Swabar Rumi Radhalanu is ahead, this whole team is behind, but they were catching up. So at one point, Swabar Rumi anu, there was a, a, a hillock, very rocky hillock. He climbed on top of that and he these people surrounded him. So now it's a stalemate because they are around him, surrounded him and he's on top of the hill. What's he going to do? Where will he go? And they started closing the trap. So now they started closing up to him. So Suhaib rumi hid behind a rock and he said to them, I have, you know, I am an archer. I am a very good archer. And he said, I have my bow and my arrows with me. And he said, every one of you, I have an arrow with your name on it. Yeah? So he said, every one of you, I've got one arrow with your name on it. Now you're up to you. You want the arrow? Come closer. So they stopped. But still the stalemate is there. I mean, what's he going to do? And if he's alone, he's got to sleep, he's got to do something. I mean, he can't be sitting there forever. So Sveva Rumi also realized that this is a no-win situation. I mean, there's... Sometime they are going to catch him There is no way that he can escape from there So he said to them He said look I know what you are after You are after my money You are after my wealth How about this that I tell you Where I hid this wealth in Makkah I give you the address My money is in such and such a place You go take the money let me go right? Listen carefully to the story Because I am going to ask you a question So he said to them you take my money let me go. They said okay. So he told them he said my money is in such and such a place take the money. They left him. They left him they went off to take the money and he reached Medina. Now before I tell you what happened let me ask you a question. If you were in the place of the people who were Trying to catch whoever. Room. If you were in charge, you were the head of that, you know, group of people. What would you do if somebody says to you, "I my money is there, you go take the money and let me go." What will you do? Doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. No, doesn't work like that. What would you do? <laughs> Verify exactly. I would send one guy. I say, you go. We are going to stay here. We are going to stay here. We are going to keep this guy under 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 our watch. Send one person, go verify, is it true, not true? Maybe he's lying. And then if it is true, maybe I will let you go, right? But they left. Why? I mean, surely they're not that stupid, right? Why? You know why? Harith. They trusted him. Why did they trust him? They said, Muslims do not lie. He is a Muslim. He will not lie. There's no point in us wasting time here. Muslims do not lie. Hmm? Now you might say this is a bit of a stretch, but let me give you a modern day example and I'll come back to what happened in Madina. Modern day example in South Africa, I was telling this in, in I was doing a lecture. In that lecture, I, I mentioned this story. It's a very famous story in the Sira. And it so happened that there was one person there in South Africa who was a judge. When the story finished, he said to me, This was the case in this country, when this country was under white rule, under apartheid. A Muslim witness in court did not need to take an oath on the Bible or the Quran or anything. A Christian had to take an oath on the Bible to speak the truth and nothing but the truth. But a Muslim witness did not have to take any oath. In a Christian country with a religious Christian Dutch Reformed Church government, Christians had to take an oath on the Bible. Muslims were not required to take any oath. I said, why? He said, because they said Muslims don't lie eh hey? now suhayb rumi radhiyallahu Anu reached Medina. rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was there he went to meet him allah subhanahu wa taala sent jibril salam to inform rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam about what had happened so as soon as rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam saw him he said suhayb what a bargain you made he said what a bargain what was the bargain everything he owned in exchange for Islam. Hey? Suhaib Rumi rumir reached Madina with the shirt on his back. That's it. Kalas. His lifetime's work and savings. Gone. And the Prophet ﷺ is saying. What a bargain. What a fantastic bargain you made. Huh? This is the value of Islam. They had the value of Islam. Because they paid for it. Alhamdulillah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not tested us. And we ask Allah not to test us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cover us in His mercy and His forgiveness. But still we should think that if I had to pay, what would I pay? Because it's the same Islam. It is the same Allah, the same Rasul, the same Kitab, the same Jannah, the same Day of Judgment. And we ask Allah Jalla Jalalu to forgive us and to cover us with His mercy and His forgiveness and to open the doors of his مغفرت for us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not to look at us, but to look at his Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And to forgive us, because that will please Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ala sallallahu alayhi wa wa sahbihi ajma'i bi wa alayhi wa sallam.